0: A singer and I'm a photographer. Okay, so pandemic, post-pandemic, uh, well, it was fair I would say because pandemic has driven everything online, and yeah, we reach out to people more, so it's easy, more easier to reach more people.
1: Okay. Can we put our hands together for <laughs> Minister Jerry? Okay, so, so today I will not come across as an unfair individual, right? I've taken from one side. I'll balance it out now, right? So that the left hand is not stronger than the right. Abby, so let me hover around over. Okay, yes, I have the perfect person. Good morning, sir. <laughs> no, no, it's not him. Good morning, ma. Good
2: morning. <laughs> okay, yes. Um. Okay, so I'm an event planner, and as we all know, tourism and hospitality industry were the worst hit by the pandemic. Couldn't um, plan events for uh, a while, and then even now we still have to put some restrictions in place. And yes, it has affected us, but you know, we move.
1: <laughs> lovely, lovely, hallelujah. Can we put our hands together for Mrs. Miles? And as you're doing that, let's also put our hands together for Elder Sheung. Put your hands together, yes, in advance. Thank you, sir. So, you? Uh, okay. Um For me, I think, uh, okay, I'm a financial engineer, if there's anything like that. Um, Let's say data analyst. Um, I think we're the lucky ones during the pandemic and so post pandemic, we get to work remotely a lot. Yeah, most times. So I think it's been good Pretty That um, work from home most of the time, unless you really need to be in the office physically. You don't have to, Yes. Fantastic, let's put our hands together for Elder Sheung. Okay, so I I believe we all understand now, I think there's an imbalance. So I'm just going to take one more person from this side and then we throw back to um, Minister Dola. Can we agree with that? Does anybody want, fantastic. Thank you, ma'am.
3: Good morning, Shosh. Uh, I work here in Agura Hotel as a housekeeper and I'm also a caterer. Before the pandemic, I used to get job almost every weekend. That's my private job, the uh, catering job. I bake snacks, small shops. I do packaging of small shops for birthday parties and all. But since this pandemic, we hardly get job. Maybe once in three months, once in four months. But before the pandemic, it's almost every weekend somebody must be doing any ceremony, birthday parties, conference, anything, tea break, all those things. You know, they call, they, they even book. You know, they book on time so that it will not clash with another person's uh, party and all that. But since then, it's difficult. <laughs> uh, that's the, ho- the hotel, too, is not much because no business as usual
1: can we please put our hands together for her all right hallelujah hallelujah amen so i think from the answers that we from the answers that we've pulled so far i think it's quite clear that a lot has changed as a result of COVID 19 pandemic do we all agree with that all right so what we're going to do now in this next session is going to be quite important for us to see okay What are the steps we can take in terms of coping? Um, How can we still throw ourselves excellently into the work we do, regardless of what it may be? What are skills to look out for and stuff like that? All right. So, without further ado, can we put our hands together for Minister Dollar as he takes over for the next session?
0: All right. Um, You're welcome back, everybody. Um, I think so. With the with the Before going, it is very, very clear to see that there has to be a form of re-strategizing, right? Um, There has to be a way where we can all adapt to this global trend that has really changed the way life is. And the truth about it is life is filled with changes, isn't it? One thing in life that is constant is that there will always be a change. And as children of God, God is not expecting us to just sit down and keep, you know, just thinking some miracle will fall from somewhere. We have the Holy Spirit in us, and that Holy Spirit is able to teach us how to uh, adapt to the changes that we see and how to get the best of the changes that there are, isn't it? Don't you agree with me? Um, uh, so, it, so it's important we have this conversation, and that's why this conversation has been um, put together, to help everybody understand what this change is today and how you can get the best of it. I'm sure you agree with me that, Since COVID started, some people just came into their millions in this COVID period. Do you agree with me? Difficult as it is, some people just walked into their own, you know, abundance this season, you know, and some people actually lost a lot because of this season too. So the idea is to harness the best of it and see how it has changed and let us see how we can um, adapt to that change and get the very best that we possible can best from it. Amen. All right. So with us today, we're going to be having two very fantastic. I mean, their CVs are not in this world. They are out of this world. Two very experienced people whose um, ideas and whose knowledge we're going to be tapping into and they we're going to see how we can relate with that and they we're going to see how we can, you know, bring out something for ourselves. Now, let me just put a disclaimer at this time. Of course, you know, in Greece, else, we don't do, we don't necessarily believe in formulas, right? There's no formula that is the underlying formula that you use in every situation that will work, isn't it? But the, I, and, and, and so what the people will say, we're not saying it's the formula for you to use and to succeed, but we're just going to take out of their wealth of experience and then let's see how you can adapt to that experience or how you can use that experience in your own unique situation and then let's see how we can roll with that. So like I said, we're going to be having two very wonderful uh, uh, members on the panel today and because. Grace House has already adapted to the post-COVID change. One of them is not going to be here. Praise God. One of them is not going to be physically here, yet she's going to be here. Can you put your hands together for Grace House? That's how we are adapting. That's how we are going ahead. So one, somebody, one of the members are going to join us via, um, via Zoom, via, oh, via Google Meet. And so you'll be seeing her on the screen. But don't be afraid. She will hear us and she's going to be as, it's going to be as though she's here. You know that prayer, we used to pray before. When pastor is not there, they'll say, "Um, pastor is not here, he sends his greetings, though he's not with us physically. But he's with us, his spirit is with us. Now we're going to be having a real life spirit with us today. Praise God. She's going to be a real life spirit that will be here. So she's going to be on the screen, and she is on the screen already, and the other person will be physically with us. Praise God. All right, Um, the first member of the panel is um, Bomi. And Bomi is currently a manager of human resource services at CUSO, at CUSO International, and that's a company that's based in Ontario, Canada. She has over 15 years' experience in the HR sector with a history of working in retail and non-profit sectors. She has recruited over 3,000 candidates in the course of a career that has seen her occupy roles linked to human resource management, organizational design, you know, recruitment and training. She also holds um, a top HR management role at internationally recognized companies, companies like Kimberly Ryan, Jobberman, Eagle Hills, the University of Maryland, um, you know, global, uh, the University of Maryland Global Initiative Corporation, and Impact Assessment Agency of Canada. She holds considerable knowledge of Nigerian, U.S., and Canadian employment laws, and is currently a member of the Human Resources Professionals, Association in Ontario. That's in Canada. She's married to James Uji and she's blessed with two beautiful children. Can we put our hands together for <laughs> Mrs. Bumi? Mrs. Bumi, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay, uh, yes, I think you can hear me, but um, we're working on the audio so that you can hear us also. But you're welcome to today's panel discussion, and if you've, I'm sure you've heard the applause. They're keeping the best applause for you after the program because they're intimidated right now by, by your CV. Okay, so we'll go to the second panelist. Um, she's an in-house person, um, a very special person at that. She's the darling wife. If you see Pastor Mima looking all polished, all fine, all clean. I mean, Pastor Mima's dress. How many of you noticed that his, his dress today is different? How many of you noticed that his dress today is different? It's see her? Praise God. Come put hands together for her for that. It's see her, that she's That he's looking sharp and beautiful is... Is is, is is her work in his life. <laughs> Praise God. She's none other than Mrs. Toby Loba uh, or I Can not put our hands together for her? I will want to read her own CV while she's here sitting because she has to blush. If you have that kind of CV, there's no how you are given the permission to blush. In fact, you are given the permission to be proud, if you want to be proud. Even though I know she will not be proud because... She's a pastor's wife, and she's supposed to carry the fruit of the spirit and we'll sit down with it here. So, please, Chod, let's listen to her. C- let's li- listen for her See, c- right now. Um, Mrs. Tobiloba, Mrs. Oluwa Tobiloba has 13 years working experience with iconic multinationals in the hospitality and professional services industry. She possesses a diverse background in strategy, operational and financial management, audit. Corporate reporting, financial modelling, and project management. She currently serves as the chief finance officer of Transcor Hotels PLC. Oh yes, I heard him mm-hmm. That's 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 mm-hmm, what that's that's worthy of that. Her previous roles include being the financial auditor for Growth and Employment (GEM), which is a World Bank-funded project implemented by the Federal Ministry of Industry, Trade, and Investment. She was also a finance manager at Intercontinental Hotels, Lagos, and um, audit senior at KPMG Professional Services. At this this juncture, let's just put our hands together just for this. There's more coming, but just for this. She's also a member of the Institute of um, Chartered Accountants of Nigeria and a level two candidate of the Chartered Financial Analyst Institute. She has provided consultancy services to WFO Professional Services, amongst other companies. Now, her interests revolve around activities that focus on empowerment and the socio-economic well-being of women and children. She's married to Pastor Muiwa Ojediro and blessed with a daughter, Oluwa Tobilova. You're welcome, Mrs. Ojediro. Thank you very much for being here. I trust our audio is good now so that uh, Mrs. Bumi can join us. Can she hear us now? Okay, you're still working on it. Okay, um, I, I think if she, if, if she can hear me, I think we'll just continue. So if you can hear me, Ms. Bum, just let's continue. You put down your questions or put down your contributions while your audio is being worked on so that we can hear you. It seems you can hear us, but we cannot hear you properly. But they're working on it now. So we'll just proceed and you can keep your comments as you listen so that when you come online, we'll just take you also. All right. Um, so you're welcome once again, the panelists. Um, Mrs. Ode-Duron, I want to just quickly, uh, you know, get something from your wealth of experience as it relates to uh, what we're talking about. Just for um, refresher's sake, we're talking about excellence. Excellence. We're talking about excellence in the workplace. Um, the idea is to try and see how we can understand what is going on in today's you know in the 21st century workplace. So now it's like this 21st century workplace, then this post-COVID 21st century workplace. And these two things have great significance and that's what we're looking at them today. So in your own understanding, in your own words, what would you say um the new workplace especially in the post-pandemic world really mean? So as far as you're concerned, in your own experience, what's that phrase the new workplace? What does it really mean? What is it about? Hello? Yes, your honor.
4: All right. So, first and foremost, I'd like to say thank you for the opportunity to be able to speak out of the little that I know, and I've told some people at the back not to ask me plenty of questions. <laughs> <laughs> so don't be deceived by that. <laughs> I'm as shy as anything, but it's, it's fine. I'm here, and it's good for us to interact as, you know, share experience. So, when we talk about um, excellence in the new workplace, I think um, it's in two dimensions. Excellent <clears throat> and um, new, the word new. So the word new um, supposes that there there was an old and um, there is a transitioning from an old to a new. So when we talk about the new workplace, I think the first thing that comes to mind is the fact that people need to accept that there is a change. Yeah, the the pandemic, the um, COVID-19 pandemic has come And it has actually changed the dynamics of doing things, dynamics of living, dynamics of doing business, dynamics of the workplace. So um, change is something that, um, like um, Mr. Dollar said when he was um, doing the introduction, that is inevitable and has to be accepted. And um, it's something that, at times, we really do not want to. But it has come. And it's very important that we accept and we find a way to adapt. So after change comes transitioning. So transitioning is that internal process that one has to go through to be able to adapt and accept the changes that has um, come to be. So talking about it in the context of a workplace, so definitely uh, the dynamics of working has changed. For some people, it's strictly work from home. For some people, it's a mix of the two. For some people, um, especially for companies that are confident of their safety protocols and their health um, precautions, they've allowed their staff to come back to work. But in, irrespective of the mode of working, one thing that has that is apparent and has come to stay is the fact that the change has come. And um, there's going to be a lot of um, things that we need to actually adjust to. And, you know, talking about excellence, um, it, in life there are principles. And in workplaces as well, there are principles. So irrespective of whether you're working from home or even outside the workplace, there are principles that guide life, and one of it is excellence. And... One needs to understand the principle that guides the space that you are right now, as as in the new normal. So I, would think, I think I should stop here now, so that. Um, okay, yeah. okay, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so uh, let's go to. Thank you very much, Mrs. Ujejira. Thank you for that um, for those few words. Uh, so let's go to um, Bomi. I don't know if she can, if we can hear her right now. Okay, um, you're welcome. we can't still hear she's speaking but we can't still hear okay can you hear me now can we can we uh, you're welcome Thank you. okay um i don't know if you if you've listened if you've heard um very properly what we have just um the, the few lines, the introduction, the introductory lines that um, I gave, and what um, the second panelist, Mrs. Ojedino, has said. But we want to just know um, from your from your own experience, what would you say the new workplace, the new is, workplace, about workplace today? is about to be? Um, th- thanks, all, for that question.
5: Um, as a head of I will still be able to successfully answer that question and that's because um, even though we're in the pan- post, we're not yet in the post-pandemic phase of this era we're still very much in a pandemic and so organizations are still evolving trying to decide what life should be right now and what life will be after that but i'll, I'll agree with the second panelist and say that um, first the, the new workplace number one is evolving we're not there yet we're still experimenting. We don't know what will work. work. Secondly, um, remote work has come and it has come to stay. So for some organizations, they're doing hybrid. For some organizations, they've gone fully remote. But like organizations where I work, we're not sure if we're going to do hybrid or remote yet because unfortunately for us in Canada, Some jobs didn't exist before the pandemic. Some industries have boomed, in the pandemic, so they're employing more people. But much more than that is the fact that there's remote work means that employers are able to hire people from different geographical locations. For example, in my organisation, that we're not hiring for some roles that um, some roles who traditionally have more skills in certain continents we're hiring people from those continents we're not hiring just Canadians for those roles anymore that's all we mean by talent mobility so um, I, I mean I have raised three things work new workplace is evolving the concept of remote work is no longer strange and then there's talent mobility lastly with the new workplace we're seeing um, a lot of focus on mental health issues because you um, more and more people are becoming Zoom-fatigued, COVID-fatigued, um, stare crazy So um, cabin, we're hearing concepts like cabin fever. And all that just to say that people are getting more burnt out, more stressed out because um, of the pandemic, the talks of the pandemic, how much um, work you're getting to do because you're working remotely and you're not working from a physical location anymore. So instead of eight to four which used to be the traditional work time we're seeing people resuming a bit early closing a lot later and having to work during their um, when they should be off work after closing so um, i can't see your screen i I can't see anymore but those for me are the things um that come to mind when we hear the phrase new workplace. Those are the, the, the buzzwords, the, the selling points that we're discussing when we talk about the new
0: workplace. OK. OK, thank you very much um, for that um, insight um, analysis. Um, analysis. You raised quite a few points, but there's something that you said that I thought was striking. Um, you said it's still evolving. The workplace today is still evolving. Um, there's no Eureka yet. We've not gotten it yet because um, COVID is still here. Um, the reality of COVID for you over there um, in Canada is a bit different from, from us in this place. So uh, the dynamics are, are still a bit not aligned for us over here, but it is noteworthy worthy uh, what you have said because eventually, if precautions are not taken in workplaces, It might be as difficult as it is in Nigeria. It's not like it's not difficult enough as it is now, but um, it it looks like because the pandemic is still going through phases, um, recruiters and the workplaces are still trying to get a hold on the perfect and the ideal change. So does that mean that we have to still contend with a lot of changes before we get there? as far as the workplace is is, 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 is um, concerned, as far as the post-COVID era is concerned, um, we're still, it's still going to be evolving. Is that true? There's still going to be various degrees of changes that the average person who is working has to adapt to. Is that accurate? Uh, uh,
5: so the challenge with evolving is we don't even know that that is true. <laughs> so w- w- what we've seen now is, um, the first we had a lot of uncertainty the first 6 months to 1 year but where for us here we're about 18 months into the pandemic and um, for example we don't know if we're going to return to work as full time hybrid or remote because of the delta variant we don't know so it's I will say a lot of people have found that sweet spot where they are coasting for now. But honestly, it's hard to say, for example, what's going to happen in six months. Just to give you perspective of where I work, where I work is a not-for-profit and we send out people, we send out volunteers to different countries to go work. And um, one of the largest hubs we have is actually Nigeria, interestingly. So, we've not been able to send out volunteers, and our volunteers do a lot of skills acquisition, government policy influencing, and all the works. Whatever we find the need to do in spaces that deal with women and young children, that's where we work. We can't send out volunteers. We don't know when next we to send out volunteers. Now, as simple as that sounds, it means that at the back end, when I'm doing my manpower planning, I don't even know how many employees I need to hire. I, I know that for the next six months, since we can't send out volunteers. I probably would just maintain my status quo, but my status quo is actually even heavy because we can't send out people. So when do I downsize? When do I upscale? Those are the kind of uncertainties we have. How much money is coming in? Our funders—is this still their priority? Where are they moving to? Their focus now—is it going to be their focus in six months? Those are the kind of things when we're saying we're still evolving, so we can't. We can plan for four months. We have enough data to plan for four months, six months, but we honestly don't have enough data to plan for one year.
3: Wow.
5: That's what we mean by evolving. Wow! Wow!
0: So th- this this is actually a big deal. It is <laughs> it is actually turning the whole system up on its head, if we can use that phrase. Okay, thank you very much. Um, let me come to Mrs. Um, Ojediran right now. Um, you, you made mention of. Um, Bumi made mention of the uh, categories of um, work, if I can put it like that. When she said uh, there was full-time, now there's hybrid uh, mode of working, and now there's the remote mode of working. So I don't know if you can throw a bit of light on that for us. I don't know how it is in your organization, so of course I'm expecting it to be how it is in your organization. Can you throw a bit of light? Full-time, hybrid working, remote working. Um, What do those things entail right now?
4: okay all right thanks and thanks Winnie, for
0: the perspective
3: <clears throat>
0: sorry
4: i think you your so um at the onset of the pandemic it was a case of everyone had to go home work from home just like she said it was evolving so we couldn't really um envisage or predict how what the outcome was going to be nobody knew whether it was going to last for six months one year and all of that so for us where i work it was a case of work from home and I'll just explain what the dynamics were from that phase to when we came back to work. So it was work from home is like <clears throat> working 24 hours. <laughs> it was basically working round the clock because people are expected to be in the comfort of your home. There is no I'm going home and transit. and So you just have to be available. 24 hours a day. Well, that's an exaggeration. Okay. But, <laughs> but um, there is no, uh, you know, there is no official break time, you just have to be available, and there's, there was always meetings. He got to a point that, you know, I are just tired of meetings, meetings, and that's because it's difficult for people to meet physically, so you just have to make do with what is available. So at that time, it was a case of, you know, ensuring that your mental health was intact because... Um, people were dealing with losses. People were dealing with even understanding what was happening. There was fear in the hair, and then also you, you still need to deliver on the response on your responsibility in your, uh, you know, based on your work function. So it was a case of you know having to find a way to balance it out, having to um, ensure that um, in as much as yes, there's the workload, you're also f- looking for ways to, you know, um, remove yourself from all of that. And one thing that we try to do whenever while we're at home was to have like a town hall meeting or sessions where we just share some of our experiences. You know, people share um, stories about how they have lost, lost loved ones. We check up on each other. We had their um, um, bodies, you know, people that would deliberately check up on you because really do not know what people are facing. Since. And for some people that stay alone, you know, some, some people are here for work and they probably stay alone. There is no family. So it was a case of ensuring that everybody's well-being. Everybody's well-being was topmost now in the mind of um, the, our employer. So it was very important because beyond the work, yeah. you need to ensure that the yes, wealthy. your yes, the welfare and the well-being of your employee was in, intact. And then also, I think one thing that um, the pandemic has actually um, exposed some people to is the fact that you need to be versatile. You need to be able to use um, technology. You know, it became from um, fiscal meetings to Zoom. So we have situations whereby People do not know where to um, turn on their videos, put on their mics, and, you know, even to test the mic. And just like um, um, Bumi mentioned, um, there's a lot of people moving from one job to another because it's easy to interview now. You can just, you know, take one hour off work. And So I think it's important that, like I mentioned when I started talking, we accept the change and we try to adapt to it. What are the tools that we need to be able to adapt to these are new lifestyles, so to speak. You need to understand how to use those tools, how to do presentation, how to be able to flow, you know, remotely is very important, very important. Then um, later on, we transited to, you know, working at times um, in the office and then, for, you know, alternating because we needed to also adjust the work environment so that we are not, we're not. also um, abiding by the safety protocol. So... It was a case of, okay, some people work in the office this week, some people work in the office next week, and, yeah, so, and then, currently, um, my office were fully back to work, um, but definitely, all the safety protocols have to be added to, wearing of your face mask, you know, um, using your hand sanitizers, but that hasn't stopped the virtual meetings, like, it has charged, come to you know. stay. I think that one <laughs> is not going anywhere <laughs> okay. because it saves costs, yes. actually. safe costs. You know, before now, we used to have our board meetings fiscally and um, there's a level of allowance that comes with it, like transport allowance. So, you know, there's a lot of people are actually trying to exploit the opportunities that the pandemic has presented in terms of looking for ways to, if we do not have to meet fiscally, then let's um, use the other option that is available. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, you know one of the one of the phrases that came out in because of the pandemic is that there's always an opportunity in every crisis. So it, it, so it, it actually depends on how you perceive it. You can choose to stay there and just uh, this thing has come, or look for ways to be able to. Unless yes, yes. So we actually saw opportunities, and we announced it. And I could go on and on, in, even into the things that we did as a business to be able to. You know, expect the opportunities that the pandemic brought. Yeah. So I think one thing that I would like to say emphatically is that in every situation, there's always an opportunity, yeah. and it's just how we perceive it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Thank you very much, Mr. General. Um. So let's, there's still a lot of things I want us to still tie up on that, but let's leave that and let's mm-hmm. go to this um, next um, um question that I think will be very very important for us to consider. Um. Bomi, how has the the pandemic? How has it affected? your um, ability to deliver on your roles in the office, are there any adjustments you've had to make in order to make sure that um, those things that are expected of you to deliver, you may call them deliverables, you may call them your key performance indexes, those things that um, are used to measure how well you're functioning. Uh, So how has this pandemic affected all of that and what adjustments have you had to make to make sure that you do not fall back on what is expected of you?
5: Now it's important I give the perspective because of the cultural and professional differences in countries. Okay. I, I find that people in Canada, even much more than US, are kinder and more in tune with their person, professional um, with their person personally in the professional setting
0: Quickly, than we
5: are in Nigeria.
0: Okay. W- what does that mean? Can you just give us just expand? What expand, you just said what Yes. What, you just said now, yes. What, what does it exactly mean? Exactly.
5: In Nigeria, when your boss tells you to deliver, there are no excuses. Even if your child falls sick that day, the typical Nigerian boss will still expect you to deliver, and that is how we've been trained. And I feel emotionally unwell, not physical, no symptom, my child is not dying. I'm just not in the right mental state to do it. I'm stressed. In Nigeria, we don't even recognize stress when it comes on us. In Canada, I'm stressed. I can tell my boss, I need an extra day because right now,
0: wow. I'm wow. mentally stressed. Wow. And I can't get to it. That is that is amazing.
5: And that is the conversation. That is the conversation that we act. Dola, you're muted, so I can't hear you. Okay. I, I can't get your feedback.
0: Okay. Can you, can you hear now? Can you hear now? Hear you now. Okay, okay. Okay. We're just uh, we're just applauding that point you made that you can ask for an extra day off over there and your boss will not find it insulting.
5: It's not. We have, we have leave, we have sick days, we have personal day off. I mean so just to give perspective as to pressure, and during this pandemic in particular, because of mental health. When people say, please help, I can't, you just send them off. Go and take care of your mental health first. When you're fine, come back and get this work done.
0: And you won't lose your job. There's no risk of losing the job at that point.
5: Find ourselves. Not to say people don't work because of that. No. People still work. Now, with the pandemic, because I'm Nigerian and I'm used to the Nigerian culture, I find that sometimes I'm at work till 11 p.m. 12 midnight just trying to get work done trying to get ahead of my day the next day um and push off push out all my deliverables as much as I can and you find that there are also people like that I find most of the people that are like that are actually more foreigners than um, than um Canadians white Canadians but again, it's, it's probably just the setting I'm working because there are a lot of foreigners there too. Um, but it's, it's adjusting priorities. Now I had to work with two toddlers. One of them was doing virtual schooling while I was working. The other one at some point went off to daycare. So you're, you're attending to a full, you're working at the same time, and then you're trying to deal with your own, trying to protect your headspace, trying to protect yourself, Information that was coming in and all. So um, it was a lot of adjusting priorities, trying to understand what was um, important at the time and what could wait, but it was also a lot of conversation. Um, if, I, if I can't get it done then, I'm telling you I can't get it done then. for Even for the people who reported to me, if you can't get it done then, I expect you to communicate to "See, I can't get this done at this point. Just managing expectation and keeping that flow of information very um, fluid at every point in time. I I can't say there was one formula that worked. A a lot of these things for me, I've come to realize over time, it's a function of the setting you're working, the kind of person you're reporting to, the kind of team you're working with. And when you understand that, when you have the synergy that you should have that makes work easy, it's, it's easier to be able to ask for respite when you need and to be able to push when um, you don't need a respite and you have the momentum to get the work done. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: Okay, so it's just, just... Ju- just to rephrase it, um, the way you have managed um, your ability to deliver in this trying time will be to first prioritize. Is that accurate? You've, you have been able to prioritize um, what is expected of you. So you're able to say this is more important at this time. Okay, this is not important. So let me leave this. Let me attend to this. You've been able to prioritize. You've been able to manage your expectations um, the expectations concerning you. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming, so I'm assuming that, that will be your boss. Is I asked, is, your boss is prioritizing
5: also meant prioritizing my mental health in okay. addition to prioritizing work.
0: Okay. Okay.
5: Secondly okay. was communication. My bosses had to know. I had kids. I have toddlers. My son is going to school virtually. So I won't always be at my desk when you call. I won't be able to meet the de- I won't always be able to meet the deadline. I have school rounds to do because I have a child that goes to
0: take care. And you have so to communicate being, that effectively. Co- communi-
5: prioritizing, Please. communicate so that people know what my reality is okay. and,
0: and help. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. okay. Um, thank you very much. Uh, the next question will be for uh, Mrs. What mistakes do, do you think both employees and employers have been making um, the post-pandemic um, era um, and how do you think it has affected their work? Both, how do you think that it, has, it has affected productivity and the expectations in terms of the deliverables? So it's both from the employer and the employee. What do you think are the common mistakes that have been made in this era as, as it is, uh, refers to the workspace?
4: All right, yeah, thanks. So I think um, one of it is, I think um, Bumir has actually hit it in this communication and yes. assumption, false assumption. At the end of the day, we are all humans and... Um, there's a way that you will communicate your situation that someone would understand. But if you do not communicate and you just assume that, you know, after this person will just expect me to do this thing, um, it's actually, the, and then everybody's frustrated, angry, there's a lot of resentment, there's a lot of emotions in the air, and all of that. And one thing that we need to understand is that everybody, did, nobody has an experience of how this pandemic could unfold and who's still on, as it was still evolve, So everyone was more or less learning on the job. So definitely there are bounds to be error, there are bounds to be mistakes. So I'll say that uh, one of the mistakes that, um, you know, people made, not necessarily where I work, but in general, is the fact that we did not accept the change that um, befell us on time. Yeah, we did not, with some of, some people did not immediately adapt and, you know, they you not create you know systems that can actually help in this new dispensational dynamic. So people still expect, you know, work as usual, people still expect for you to deliver at the same pace and at the same level, forgetting that you know things have changed. There's a lot, there's even even the news is depressing. So I think it was a case of you know having to understand that change has come. How do we change? How do we adapt and for, for, for the Western world, they already have a level of structures in place. But in as much as that that's um, you know the situation, I think um, here in Nigeria as well, people are actually understanding that things have changed, and we have to start. So I see organization coming up with initiatives, you know, um, that can actually benefit the well-being of their um, employees. So, uh, so for me, the fundamental issue when, he, when he, um, talk, um, talking about in the context of, you know, the pandemic and all the um, situation that it brought was yep. the fact that people did not come to accept the change that has come to be on time, yeah. So, so there, was there was still a denial. lot of Yes, lot of kind of, yes, yes,
0: yes. Okay, yes, okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, But let me throw that to you also. What do you think are some of the common mistakes um, that both employees, maybe let's focus on um, employees right now. What are some of the common mistakes in your opinion, that um, work people have made throughout this this period and um, how it has affected their work.
5: I, I'll take that um, from the personal angle. Not personal, not being me, but from employees' day-to-day lives as it affects their professional lives. One of it is um, not not being able not being emotionally intelligent enough about yourself. You're you're putting pressure on yourself like everything is normal. We're Christians, but nothing is normal. People are dropping dead beside you. People are catching COVID. You're worried because of the news and rightly so. You don't know what the, you don't know if you have a job the next day because people are losing their jobs. Security situation is not getting any better because we're hungry. So, at what point um, did we stop to say these are all the things going on around us? These are the things that are my stressors, and how do I address it? So, a lot of people could identify their stressors; they just kept moving like nothing was happening. And then we had people falling sick, people dropping dead—not out of COVID this time but out of the emotional trauma they were going through that they weren't able to process. Another thing is people weren't being kind, because people weren't understanding their stressors and being kind to themselves, they were unable to give kindness to other people. So, I mean, how about that extra day of the employees asking for? How about the extended leave the employees asking for? That person, there's a holiday between Thursday and Saturday um, the weekend, why won't you let that person who reports to you take the Friday off? You know, those those kind of things. So the mistakes to me were, it it stemmed primary or rather the foundation, when I look at it, seemed to be, seemed to come from people's personal lives and that was what was affecting professional. Because again, a lot of times we think we should be able to draw a straight cut line between personal and professional, forgetting that it is the human who goes to deliver the work. Yeah. So there's there's no clear cut line. Yeah. Um, people expecting people to deliver at the same level that they were delivering before pandemic. Yeah, you're not giving, because people are working from home, oh, that client's job has to be done and it has to be done perfectly. But the person who is working from home, do they even have the tools to work from home efficiently?
0: Mm, they they have a laptop,
5: them? yes, but do they have a desk? Do they have a chair? Do they have a monitor? Yeah. Is there light? Is the internet working? Are we taking care of our people? Are you asking your people, how are you even doing? You know, th- those kind of things where, where the things... Just the human in the workplace is what I wish we had focused on more and early enough. So that people knew that the organization wasn't just a place where you go make money, but somewhere that really cares for you when things are going
0: south. Again, let, me, let me let me cut you here. Let me bring something to, um, to the fore. I, I really want us to take, a, let's talk a little about emotional intelligence or the lack of it, as you have just stated. You are talking right now from an ideal standpoint, right? Um, but thankfully you have, the Nigerian perspective. You know, you talked about cultural differences earlier. So, how can um, members who are, the audience who are listening to us, who are not in an ideal situation where they have a boss that is, that will show enough apathy, where they have a boss that will be as understanding to say, okay, you know what, if you can't deliver on X, Y, Z, just deliver on X and Y, leave the Z, let's do that. If you're still working with um, people who, for some reason, are not just interested in in understanding the times we work, so I'm talking about the Nigerian context. How should or how can um, an average Nigerian worker enhance his emotional health? Um, so I'm saying that vis-a-vis m- emotional intelligence. How can you how can you now do yourself? How can you pre- protect yourself um, so that you don't lose your job and so that you can still make and hit your deliverables? I'm talking about the Nigerian context right now.
5: So, first thing I'll say, I, I, and I'll say this laughing because I, I know how it may, it may sound in certain contexts. But I think first thing is, romance your boss. N- not, not, not mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying sexually. In-
0: interesting, very, very, but I have I, to I'm write s- that down. Romance your boss. Romance. You see, in the
5: Nigerian context, it's very easy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because we get into each other's affairs without invitation we don't do that here there's usually your your boss is not your friend here in nigeria a lot of times your boss is your friend and when your boss is your friend honestly there are candid conversations you can have with your boss and you will get away with stuff people see it as um pardon my french for lack of a better word ass kissing which is politicking but to get anywhere in this life, even in the abroad, you have to politic. Okay.
0: So please go and do it. Up to but I realize
5: boss. that when you do that, I can't hear you, you mute I mean, suck up to your boss, just, your
0: boss. just, boss. You, know, you know.
5: Love up on your no. boss. Yeah. Love up on your boss, it's easy to have certain conversations. Ah, this is how it is, oh, I beg. That, that is one aspect to deal with. But another aspect is, even be, Everybody needs some form of um, emotional intelligence to be able to deal with themselves. Sometimes you're unable to control the external factors like your boss and where you work and and the culture there. But COVID is stressing you out. Stop watching TV. Stop talking about TV people. Buhari and Nigeria are stressing it out. Can you stop having those conversations and just protect your mental health? And this is what I did in Nigeria a lot. At a point after I had a full, I went off social media because it was my stressor. Everywhere I went, people were talking about how women should leave their husbands. And people were mixing up and turning feminism in different ways. It was a major stressor for me. It led me to postpartum depression. So I left social media. In maybe 15 years, I haven't watched the news. If you catch me watching news, it's happenstance. I don't watch news. Because CNN, Al Jazeera, and all that—all that's happening in the world—is a major stressor for me, so I avoid it. There are conversations that Umberto cannot have with me in the house anymore because they're stressors for me, and he knows. There are conversations I can't have with him because they're stressors. So when anybody brings those kind of conversations to me, I shut it down then because it will get into my head, it will mess up with my mind, and it will affect every other thing. So I don't entertain this kind of conversations. So just being emotionally intelligent and knowing what gets to you, what makes you happy, and being able to choose every time, even when it hurts other people, but being able to choose what keeps you sane, happy, and going is important. In December last year, I had three panic attacks in one year, in one month. I had never had a panic attack before that. But that was because I had so many stressors at that time, and I was unable to process my stressors. I just knew I was stressed. It was with time I realized where I was working at the time was very stressful. And because it was stressful, I was having a lot of bad dreams. And because I was having a lot of bad dreams, I thought I was under attack. And then I was praying and fasting and everything, and nothing was given. The bad dreams were in season, so I wasn't relaxed, so I wasn't getting work done properly, so I was getting negative feedback from work, and it just... But one thing that helped me at that time was, even though all that was happening, I spent a lot of time praying. And for me, I come from a school of thought of, when you spend time, you you take periodic time praying so that you're able to... um, so that things get easier down the road maybe not immediately but you're taking care of things down the road and that for me that prayer session in december as hard as it was because of what was going on in my life internally it eventually helped me later on i, I could see the implication of it later down the line but all this just to say that to avoid um you, you need to know what your stressors are and avoid them. Those are the things that you can control in your personal space. If you can take care of your personal space, it should be able to give you some energy, some power, some motivation to deal with the um, challenges of the workplace. Okay.
0: I hope that makes sense. I know I threw in a lot of yes. things there, but we'll come back to you shortly. But this next question, let's put it to Mrs. Um what particular skills will you say are relevant in this workplace? Um, you said something earlier about um, what people even need now in the workplace being different from what it used to be. So what would you say are some of the skills? Can you just highlight some of them for us? Or you say you think in your own experience, this is what we are looking for right now. We want people that have this particular skill, you know, right now and is in demand that you think people can keen to and have something for themselves also.
4: All right, thank you. So I think um, before I answer that question, I actually wanted to chip it into- Okay, the please go ahead. Yeah. Yes. so um, there was time in the office I took a topic on resilience in the workplace and it wasn't really in the context of COVID. It's just the fact that Nigeria's, the working dynamics of Nigeria is a bit different because the environment is a bit different. Yeah. We're seeing inflation, narrow devaluation, yeah. yeah. And as a business owner, you, have, you want to make profit. profit. You want you want your business to be sustainable, and, um, and to uh, you, are, you know, to see it, to see it still existing in the nearest future. So that that in itself comes with a pressure level of pressure. And um, deliberate or not, it transfers to the employees if it is not well managed. If there are no structures to ensure that you know there's a way that yes, there's a pressure, but there's a way that it's, it's being managed. Handy. So just like um, said, you need to understand yourself. You know, resilience in the workplace is such that you look for things that just helps you to remove yourself from all of the, should I say madness that is happening. And you know, just come, you know, just alleviate yourself from it for a minute or two. There are little things that one can do.
0: Like what what, what are some (laughs) hints that you suggest? So for me,
4: I think number one is to have a purpose a purpose, not not just because you're a Christian, but it, a, a higher driving force, you know in the midst of that pressure when you look at that big picture, when you look at that vision it motivates you, because we all need a level of motivation in the midst of all that is happening to say that, okay this is, this is why I'm doing all of this having a reason, having a higher purpose to what you are doing, it actually helps, and some little things that help you know, in my office I can actually go to a colleague's office and just chat for one or two minutes, ten Thank minutes you and we just talking about something different from work. And also one thing that we try to do is to ensure that we observe our break time, not because there is no work to be done, mm-hmm. but because it actually helps with sanity. We talk about family, we talk about, of course, one or two people here and there, but <laughs> we just just try to live as some, someone outside that workspace. It actually helps because there's a lot of things, like she said, that it's outside our control. We just have to find a way of walking in the midst of all of that, you know, finding a mentor, speak someone that I can speak to. Because by the time you speak out some of these issues, you find that it's not even as hard because, as you think. It's just your own perspective as at that time. So having said that, going back to your question, I think one key skills that is quite relevant now is actually IT skills. You know, the world is changing. A lot of things are being done virtually. Um, there are a lot of um, people that they have been employed and are working from home. They haven't resumed in the fiscal office and I, are, some of the, some organizations do not even have um, plans for that yet. So the world is shifting. So people are looking for IT skills, people that can, are very um, skilled in data analytics because people want to understand the trend mm-hmm. and to be able to see how... How they can stay ahead, you know, um, at the onset of pandemic, when we're trying to do an analysis of, you know, what we could have done to have been better prepared, because nobody Is actually had. In fact, there were there were there were a lot of contracts that you know do not have pandemic um, indemnity, or so to speak. Yeah, so people people started we found out that we needed a lot of data mining. You know, there, there are a lot, of, a lot of things that aback. That if you look at the trend and understand, let's say we had an issue of you know when Ebola happened or some of the flu that happened there and how it was managed, and we incorporate it into our system, would have been properly um, prepared, prepared, so to, to, to speak. So people are looking for um, expertise in data, data management, data analytics, IT solutions, and um, yeah, the conventional way of doing business will definitely be there. But you also need to ensure that you are. Um, improving yourself. You do not stay in the past because a lot of things would go with this. There's going to be I I don't know what to use the word new normal, but there's going to be a new way of doing things. You need to ensure that you are, you are keeping yourself abreast with the new trends and um, you're actually, you know, upgrading your, your, your knowledge base.
0: Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, Bome, I don't know if you have something to add to this. Um, particular skills, that you think are relevant, are more relevant or are gaining in relevance in a post-pandemic era?
5: Okay. um, Part of the things that I know have been, have become important are cybersecurity skills. So, um, let me take it from hard skills and soft skills. Hard skills being technical skills, you need to get a job and all. Um, So, cybersecurity. A lot of, because organizations have gone, virtual, even those who have gone um, remote still have a lot of, still announced um, virtual heavier than the web pre-pandemic. So you see need for cloud computing, cybersecurity, very important. Now in the wake of um, George Floyd and the other diversity issues that have come up in the pandemic, you find that diversity and inclusion as a skill has become very very important we now have diversity and inclusion roles coming up everywhere even in nigeria and diversity and inclusion is not just about race it's also about gender it's about religion it's, it's about um it's gender is religion is is everything everything that can help people with difference come together and work together um, embracing, not looking for a culture fit, but looking for a culture add. That's the word now. We're not looking for who, our culture, who can fit into our culture, we're looking for who can add to our culture. Um, we also have supply chain, um, with people ordering online more, people not being able to travel, there's a huge reliance on supply chain. So in terms of hard skills, those are the kind of things that we look at. But in terms of soft skills, you find that you need people with um, change management skills, people who are easily adaptable. You need people who, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, people who have knowledge of social media. And, and that's, that's not just to be a social media manager. You need employees who are social media wise. Because now we have come to see that what you post there will reflect on the organisation. So long as you're with the organisation, it, it will it will always be an employee of Grace House said. It will be but me always saw an employee of Grace House said. You know, so that, that reflects on Grace House. So we're looking more for people who who are social media sensible or credible, so that we're not bringing in liabilities down the line and all. So it's it's um. It's a mix of different things. Like I said, we're still evolving. Mm-hmm. But in the last 18 months, these are the things that we've seen. We do not know if in the next 18 months, the priorities will change. But a, a good place to know is actually to just keep your ears down for for information that's coming out of the big tech spaces. We know tech is big and Virtually any skill the tech world needs.
0: Can you, hello? Can you hear us, Mumi? She's just talking. She's done talking. Okay. Okay, maybe we'll just take that. But while we're trying to fix that, um, something just crossed my mind. Uh, We'll be talking a lot about. you know, people that have to be nine to five. And we know our context in Nigeria, there isn't a lot of nine to fives. So people are beginning to diversify, to look into more, uh, into services that they can provide. So entrepreneurship is what I'm saying. So let's talk about this with the mind of that, because we've been talking nine to five, you know, since now. So what would you say are some of the ways that those who are into private practices, private businesses, um, vendors, people that supply particular services, but on a private level now, I mean, we just heard um, somebody in the audience said she was into catering, but since the pandemic started, it just crashed because there's no gathering anymore. So what what adv- what, what are some of the things you can say to somebody like that? It's okay, these are the things you can do in the post-pandemic era to improve your business. Okay, so um, I'll use um,
4: an example. And that's the example of where I work. So I work at Hotels, and like um, Mrs. Mouse said, hospitality and travel industry were one of the worst hits because it's a contact business. Yeah, yeah there is, even when the economic was opening, economy was opening um, gradually, we were in part of the first phase or second phase. We were like, the last yes, yes. To. And so one of the things that we did was actually to look internally to say that some of these things that services that we provide, how do we get it to the end user without them coming to meet us? So we needed to be creative. We needed to be, to, to be agile in terms of the way we think. We needed to look for something that was dynamic. So one of the things that we did was to start delivery service, you know, a whole transport team. Then, you know, at the onset of pandemic, doing delivery service. But we had to because people were not allowed to come into the hotel but we had to look for ways to ensure that we're like we had to keep our lights on. We just had to continue to run them. We started doing um, um, drop-off laundry services and all of that. So it's it's actually looking at the situation and and creating um, ways in order to be able to beat beat the times. So talking about um, you know other people that are probably in this kind of situation. Look at your business. Look at the other like what additional value can you bring to play that can still allow you to deliver that same service? You know look for look for people that okay yes you mentioned that um, maybe I could as well speak to what she have said. Mentioned that um, the catering business does not come as as um, it easy. used to be. It used to be more like on a weekly basis, but now maybe like. Months in three or four months, I think it's more of engaging with this client because people are still doing parties in Abuja, really. Maybe not on that scale, yeah. But yes, there are still events, yes, there are still, still, yes, still, yeah. So maybe engaging with them and seeing how you can work with them, you know, not necessarily expecting that some of these people will follow because they probably assume that this is how you do your own business probably might not be able to meet our needs. And someone has actually brought another business proposition to them, say, I can do it in this certain ways. So we need to read, we need to even research on how people are people that are in your same type of business are managing the situation and see what we can learn. So we need to, you know, be creative about it and not just um, think that, oh, because of this pandemic, there's really so much there's really nothing I can do after all it came on us that we didn't call it. There are people that are thriving in it. So we need to just look for creative ways to be able to still deliver our service, but, you know, that the, the end user would, would would value. You can call call your um, clientele and say, oh, I haven't heard from you. I can actually do this, oh. Um, even if it's a small party, I have, I have some protocols in place. You can even, you know, do like a video of where you prepare your meals and, and display. Yes, yeah, show them that, okay, we're actually adapting to um, the safety measures. And some, those are some of the things that we did. Yeah. We, you know, displayed our um, meeting setting to show the um, distance that is a- a allowed. And yeah, so just to give people confidence to say that, oh, yes, the pandemic is out there, but TransCorp Hilton has... The, yeah, it's, it's it has, has to see Yes, it still be safe in this report. premises. So I think it's important to always look for creativity, how to adapt in
0: the midst of all... Okay, at this mm-hmm. junction, let's, let's open the floor Right? Let's get people participate more. Um, I'd like to take questions now. I'm assuming some of us have one or two things that we'd like to talk about. Uh, what, let's take three questions first, right? And then um, we'll take it from there and then we'll know how to, to surround, it up. surround it up. Can we take three questions? Can we have three questions? I'll, I'll take one contribution, or if you just want to add something, I'll take that one and i take three questions. Set. I know what to do now. I want, want to open the floor to the audience. I want them to talk. I uh, want them to ask questions, and then we'll take it from there. No questions? All it takes is for one take question. Now everybody will now start raising their hands. <laughs> or a contribution. If maybe something that uh, one of the panelists has. Okay, there's somebody behind. I see somebody behind. I'd like us to just mark, let's take three, because of time, and then let's just, let's take it in bulk. Let's take three. Let's have three people be Okay, I'll, uh,
6: something woman uh, said, and, hello, can I hear me
0: now? No, she, she won't hear you. Oh, well. Okay. okay, just go on, just go on. Sir? Yes, they're trying to get her Okay, advice. something
6: she said about politicking the workspace, you know, and it really struck me because I know how I have missed out a lot. And it now seems like, ah, people are not being fair now. How can
0: Take it again. Take, start again since your mic is better.
6: Okay. I was saying that uh, earlier on, Bomi raised the point, you know, gave a point about politicking in the workplace. And it struck me, you know, I've worked in several places, and I remember when I left the okay, two previous places back, I, I was telling some of my people that if there was a lot of politicking going on, and I, I don't know how to do it. I'm not part. I don't want to be part of it. But it really struck me that yes, like she said, we have to do it. It does not mean I look at it as eye as service. You know, I have a lot of colleagues who are very good. With <laughs> with these things, eye service, you know, politicking. And I just thought, it's bad, I don't want to be, I just want to do my job and go. But that thing, from experience, I can tell you, (laughs) I have missed out on some things, and even a lot of things. And it really struck me that you have to, it doesn't mean you're a fake person, but this is the world that we live in. And it's not like I'm not even doing the job. I know people that I'm even doing more than they do, and they get away with any and everything. So, I mean, I'm doing the job well. I'm not, I know I'm doing this job well. I know that I'm delivering good. So, I should be able to add that part of um, just show your work. You know, I'm of the opinion that if I do my work good enough, I would shine and all that. Yes, um, that has proved true severally. but I could have gotten more. I could have been more if I was pushing myself forward, if I was you know, making myself seen and politicking, really, for a lack of a better word. I, 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 really agree with that, and it's something I'm going to. I keep saying I'm not good at it. I'm not good at it. Well, nobody was born with it. I'm going to pick it up.
0: Yeah, Jesus said um, in Matthew chapter 16, if I remember that right, when he said the children of this world, right, that they are smarter, not concerning the things of the kingdom, of course, but uh, concerning. You know, living on this world, you have to have, you have to understand the way the world um, operates. And that's why we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always help us to do the right thing, say the right thing, right? So you may not need to go dirty, you know, as some other person who will go dirty. I mean, a, a woman who sleeps with her, with her boss in the office, she's politicking, right? She wants a measure of you, but you're a child of God, you can't do that. But there will be something that the Holy Spirit will help you to know. And to do that, you will even win more favor, you know, in the eye of your boss than that woman who's even taking it, uh, you know, all the way. So, yeah, I think that's very important that we all have, like you said, nobody's born with it. You have to learn it. But thankfully enough, we have the Holy Spirit to help us and to teach us the exact thing to do. Okay, Bumi wants to say something?
5: Something just to encourage her. Okay. Can okay. I, is it possible to see her face? Um... um, um, um,
7: um
0: uh, Kat, uh i don't know. okay okay she's, she's 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 she's. can you can you see her can, you can you see her, can you can you
5: see her now no uh, i can only see both her. okay i can see her
0: now oh, okay,
5: oh, okay. <laughs> oh, Gracie? Oh, i didn't know, I about. I didn't know I about. okay sweetheart you see i used to be like you i used to think if i'm doing a good job my job will speak but you see You need to be the advocate of your own job. Doing a good job and not politicking feels like baking very beautiful cake, but not icing it. No matter how nice it tastes, nobody buys cake for, nobody buys a naked cake. People buy iced cake because of how it looks. We will always go to the nicely iced cake and eventually find out that it tastes like crap. Before we go for the cake that is yeah, really nice that wasn't properly iced, yeah. nobody is saying sleep with your boss. Nobody is saying go and do over and beyond, sleep in your boss's house, or you know, nobody's saying that. But I got my boss likes perfumes, for example, I travel. Oh, I traveled. I know you like perfumes, and I got this for you here. Afternoon lunch. Hi, boss. How are you doing? Ah. Now, wow! This happened today. Oh, what do you think about it? Not gossip, just little things like that. Oh, you are at a meeting. They are asking questions. Speak, Nigerians. will call you ITK. It's politicking. It is positioning yourself. It's putting your work, showcasing your work out there. That's what it is. We come from a culture where we feel that if you put, if you talk a lot at meetings, if you put yourself out there. You are just doing show off, but nobody is going to see the work that you do not present until you get a sponsor who can speak about you behind you, showcase your work. What I'm telling you has worked for me in real life. Not politicking has gotten me out of a job. Politicking has given has converted a short term contract to a full time job for me. So that's just to encourage you. There is nothing wrong with it. Don't be excessive about it. Don't be in people's faces. Don't make enemies while you're doing it, but do it and do your work well. You'll get you'll get to the finish line faster than if you don't do
0: it. Okay. All right. Uh, we have another question behind you. A question
7: or oh, a comment? Okay. Let's okay. Just... Um, um. Um. Just to dwell a bit more on this politicking thing. Um, it's not a mystery per se. It's even in the simplest of things. You work in an office environment. How good are you at communicating? Um, how do you build relationships with people that you work with? Are you the hostile one in the office? That many people going into paid employment, for example, with the mindset of, as long as I've done my work, I have no business with anybody. Sorry, oh, the world does not work that way. When you get to the corporate environment, you need to have added value. Added value is even more important than the work you employed for. Some people have re- continuously gotten promotion because they are the only staff that remembers them this birthday and their colleagues' birthdays. And they will always send text message. So when they are doing appraisal, they say, Ah, Tunde, no, 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 he's a good boy. There is no basis. It's just that his text message always comes first of September. Even though it is a formatted text, just that little effort extra goes a long way in making a difference. You know your, wife, your boss's um, children, they just changed school. You've worked in the company for two years. You've never asked about his kids. You go into his office, you don't even acknowledge the picture frame that he put at the entrance of his family so that everybody will know that he has a good family. You just go in. You just say, "Ah, they've not given me this. They're not doing this. But when people know you care about them, then they will also care about you. And another point is loyalty. You work in an office environment and you're using your office computer to apply for another job and they catch you. (laughs) It's the beginning of your exit. No matter how good you are. Because nobody wants to be treated as a second option. You don't want your boss to treat you as a second option but you want to treat your boss as a second option so people want to know that they can count on you they want to know that you will be you always be there you are not going to be the raggo but you would always be depended on the interest of the organization the interest of your colleagues the well, the major desire of your management not what you want you know i'm getting a job in a company and i'm saying oh my goal is to make my first one billionaire in five years from that job. But the company's goal is to have one billion clients. So if I prioritize my own one billion not their one billion clients, someone's got to lose and it's going to be me. So when we get jobs, people do not go for these intangibles. They don't spend energy understanding them. They're as important as your qualification. They're as important as your competence. Understanding the language of the work environment. There's a boss that if you don't greet him in the morning, you're a bad staff. Sister, brother, it will take nothing from you. Greet him. Don't say, "Ah, who is this? Is it not the same employment way they employed him that they employed me? Ah. Okay. Let's also learn to put our egos aside when we find ourselves in corporate environments. We are gifted. We are the children of God. We are the best that God has ever made. Nobody's arguing. But in the office space, please, people are coming from diverse background. Jesus himself did not go into the temple on the first day. As a stop service, I'm the son of God. Worship me. It took his time to understand his people and grow with them. So we ourselves need to do a lot of this transaction. And the thing I finally would like to say is that added value. I'm employed to be an accountant in an office. But what extra value can I bring to the table? People have gotten into office environment as cleaners. And over the process of time, they've risen to become MDs. Why? They kept adding value. They went to school, did further courses, did more trainings. That people, others were turning their noses up at. They paid the dues. So you see certain people see where MDs have gone. I was still looking at one yesterday. He joined an organization as um, office assistant. Is the MD of a multinational today in Nigeria. So it's not like, oh, it only happens in the abroad. No, it happens here. He went in with uh, primary school living certificates. But over time, he has had his BSc, he has had his master's, while at the same company. So it's us going that extra mile. Because sometimes we go in with the mindset of, Ah, if they pay me 500K, for example, I don't make them. So once we begin to earn those kind of funds, we stay stagnant. We do not try to improve. But six months down the line, there's somebody just coming out of university that will do the same thing I'm doing and will willingly collect 300K. The company is a profit-making business. They will weigh their options. They like you, but somebody can do it better. So how are you proving that I'm indispensable? You cannot throw me away. I'm always going to be important to this organization. You have a responsibility as an employee to do that. As a business person as well, same goes. How am I proving to the client or to the world that I'm indispensable? There is no business any of us is going to do that we are the only ones doing. There are others offering it. Is it that our rates are, some, some of our rates are even more expensive and we're expected to be preferred. You have no problem. You can be more expensive, but is your quality of service better? Is that why they have to pay an extra amount for you? For example, everybody can go to an hotel and pay ten thousand, but you know there are some hotels that you, you are going inside. They are going to collect hundred k. They are not begging you to come. You know, service is different. Same must apply to you in your private business space. So people need to understand that I need to improve on myself, and not just expect the world to adjust to me. No. I need to adjust to the changing world. The world will not adjust to me. Even though God has given me the kingdoms of the earth. The world will not adjust. I need to adjust. I need to move as fast as the times. The Bible is clear about the sons of Issachar. The Bible says they understood the times and seasons. They knew when to go to war. They knew when not to. They were a very small tribe. But they were very important. So we as people engaging the world in the workplace, in business space, are we understanding the times? Are we paying those dues? Every skill right now needs to be converted to an IT format. An IT format. You need to add IT to whatever you're doing. I'm not a very strong, suited person for social media. But I know that there's a level of business I, I want to do I need to get on social media. I might not do it directly, but I might have to engage people who can come in and do it on my behalf. And also, I need to understand the language of this time. It is not the same language of five, ten years ago. The languages are changing. They're talking about Twitter. I say, what's is Twitter? Is it a bed? Ah, there's a problem. So, you need to understand. You go for an interview and they ask you, what are your social media handles? I say, ah, where? How? Which handle? What am I holding? Is it anger? No, no, it's not anger. It's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So, you need to be able to understand the times you're in and to adjust to it. Thank you.
0: Okay, I wanted to just pay a little more attention to, um, so what, what, I, what, what I would like us to do now is people who are here, among the audience, who are um, into their own private practices, let's share their own experiences right, of how they have been able to um, address um, uh, you know, the issue of COVID and how it has affected their business. Let's see whether there are other people who can pick one or two things and also learn. I want us to pay attention to entrepreneurs right now. So if you're an entrepreneur here, how have you been able to manage your business post-COVID? You know, give us your experience. It was going down. This is what you did. And uh, it, it began to come up again. It was better. I, I have two people that I can call, you know, but I would not want to just call them. But if I don't see their hands, I will call them. So maybe I should just call them. Okay, so let's give... Um, let's give... a uh, Wow. Please, let's, let's, let's give Mr. Beniza. Let him just give us just an idea. What? Okay, while we come to him, let's go to Mrs. Miles. Let, let her share her experience with us. Then we'll take some other person while we we'll come back to Mr. Beniza. Let's give him time because he has a lot he has to say to us. So he wants to prepare. Yes, no, to Mrs. Miles. Let her give us her own experience. How has she dealt with her business post-COVID? I know she's an entrepreneur. That's why I'm asking her to just help us with some tips, you know, of how she can help those who are in this position to also, um, um, you know, improve them, improve themselves.
2: Okay. Yeah, basically, um, like the panelists have spoken and, um, Pastor just said, it's to adapt and, um, adopt what's going on before, um, COVID, we were doing events of, um, over a thousand guests and then we were having several physical meetings. We didn't. We're not. We didn't have to wear masks and all that. But by the time the pandemic hit last year, it was a big blow because we didn't see it coming, and then everybody had to lay low naturally Like we didn't know what was happening. We're never sure if there was still anything like event industry anymore. But as um, people started going back to the workplaces, um, like Mrs. Um, Ojediran said earlier the um, hospitality industry was like the last to even open up because even the government were not sure that we really still want people to even make contacts, especially in you know social gatherings and all that. So what we had to do was, first of all, um, people um, started finding ways of doing events virtually, actually. That was like um, around May, June last year. People had to um, find ways of still doing, just to show that, okay, we can still do this event. So we had weddings that were, Zoom weddings, for instance. So people will rent a hall, but every other person that was not key, like the, uh, maybe the MC and DJ, were playing from their own locations and then they were on Zoom. So we have to find ways to adopt. Now, um, as people opened up gradually to event, now we have to implement the uh, physical and social distancing. So a table that normally sits 10 before would now sit uh, maybe seven people so that there's um, enough space between them. And then also, we had to, in fact, nobody even need to tell anybody. It, um, people naturally knew that they had to reduce their guest size because the halls that we're using for take 1,000 people, as per the new regulations now, should just take 500. And so those are just things we had to just put in place, reduce the number of guests we're dealing with, and then pay more attention to the health um, regulations just to keep us in business.
0: Okay. okay. Is there another person... Thank you, Mrs. Miles. Is there another person who wants to share from their own experience, how they've been able to handle their business? Um, in the this COVID era. Um, okay. Somebody is nominating Pastor Miles. I think know he doesn't want to talk now. He wants to leave it, but okay. Maybe let's have Pastor Miles give us his own experience. How he's able to work his own business through, um, you know, this, this changing,
8: uh, workspace era. I think, um, the, what I did majorly was online. Okay. I was not so much of a social media person i hardly change pictures even if you check my facebook uh maybe the the postings you see there are either grace house post or nelson mandela when he died like two years ago or three years ago (laughs) no that's Uh, like 20 yeah yeah as in or nikki lauda or you know some just some prominent people that that i just respect i just write something about them i hardly do all those things so but this time i realized that um I needed to put myself out there. In fact, uh, okay, let me just talk about this because the change started from beginning and I used to be very much into construction, but just before the COVID started, before the COVID hit, that was when government was cracking down on uh, people, on uh, politicians and people who had money by through EFCC and all that. So, I was a victim of one of my, I mean, my client, one of my clients was a victim. So because of that, what I did was to scale down the whole construction into smaller bits and pieces. So what I did was I decided to take interiors. So I started an interior company. That's one change that was so drastic for me. So even though I was doing it before, but not in that capacity. So then around that same time when I started interior company was when COVID hit. So I knew one way or the other I had to find a way. To start getting to people so that was why i started online campaign or advert promotion and all that so open the website uh and i did not just open the website and just put notes there i actually researched into top 10 uh interior company websites just to give myself a feel of the and um i usually like to sit at the back door in the company but just like um, a panel, panelists have said, you have to put yourself out there. So one of the research I saw, one of the things I saw in the research was it was also very good as an interior designer to put your face out there, which was so unusual for me because I'm a pastor, I'm an architect, how do I balance all those? But I realized that if I really have to make money, this is what I have to do. So I have to kind of rebound myself, so to say. Hence all this hair that you are seeing. <laughs> so basically, you had to, to, to improve your online presence. I had to you do had that. had to do I had to do that. And I didn't just, do, what I'm saying is that I didn't just do it by myself. Like, I, I just posted things. I had to get a professional to draft everything that you see on my website. Everything is written by a professional scriptwriter, or however you call them, you know, to write something that agrees with the times so that when people, and I would like lie to you, it started getting new jobs. <laughs> I went on Instagram, posted some of my designs, and uh, I think that's the way I've been able to adapt. And, uh, I mean, it
0: has, it it, has, it has, has really, because people
8: saw what I could do and people started coming. Okay, okay so um,
0: in two minutes, we be running up in two minutes, I'll just give each of the panelists one minute. One word, a closing word, just a closing, it may be an advice, it may be something, let's start from Mrs. Ojediro. Just in a minute, just one word you'd like to close with as regards excellence in the workplace? Be excellent. <laughs> wow,
4: <laughs> that is very, very apt. So I think uh, the fact that we have to be excellent in what we do cannot be overemphasized. Beyond the workplace, even in our personal life, we just have to ensure that we, we bring in the qualities that will make us outstanding. And so in the context of um, the pandemic, we need to understand our times, like everybody has said, the, the right tools, the right qualities that can actually make us you know, stay relevant and generally excellent yeah, thank
0: you okay um for me your closing words in a minute um um just um, give us your um, closing um. words as to excellence in the workplace can you hear me can you hear me can you hear me can you hear me can you hear me? Okay, but we okay, can't hear can her. Can okay. Let me just ask the uh, question. question perhaps, perhaps, perhaps? Can you hear
5: me now? Yes, yes, Yes. we, yes, can. Yes,
0: we, can. Yes, we, can. we
5: can. Okay. We can. Um, I, I don't have one word. First, to the lady who is a Ketra, um, I think a lot of people have said it, you need social media presence, uh, but um, God has blessed us with different skills. If something is not selling and you put your best into it, maybe you can find something else you can do to what you were doing before until the tide passes. Look into that, that may be helpful. For the last things, um, my co-panelists just spoke about skills that you should have. Let me just run through a few off the top of my head. One is continuous learning, seek to gain more knowledge, expand your capacity. Second is decision making. It's tough, you don't have all the facts, but you have to learn to make decision on the go. Embrace it. When it doesn't work out, be free to change. Politicking, other words for it. Collaboration, interpersonal skills. Don't be an island, that's all we're saying. Look for people, look for the cabal, look for the people who can influence things. Be friendly with them so you can move. Emotional intelligence, I can't overemphasize that. Be creative, be resilient, be adaptable. Times are changing. Don't get stuck in your ways. Move. If you've tried it, if it doesn't work, move. You tried it, it worked, it worked well. It's time to move, move. But times are changing. We can't keep getting stuck in the same things. Those are the things off the top of my head. And for excellence, don't crack your head. Be the best, best version of yourself you can be. And then seek to improve that. But take it one day at a time. One strategy at a time. Don't get clumped up in those heavy buzz, buzzwords. They are simple things. Excellence is just being the
0: best version of you you can be.
5: Then seek to improve that
0: version. Thank you. Thank you very much. Can we put our hands together for for our panelists. Thank you, thank you very much, uh, Mrs. you Thank you for sharing from your in-depth knowledge. We appreciate you. God bless. We wish you the very best in your endeavours, even in the post-pandemic era. Too. <laughs> Um, Bumi, thank you very much for joining us. Um, she had to stay or had to wake up 4 a.m. to be a part of this meeting. We appreciate you so very much. Thank you. Thank you for being here with us. We wish you all the best in your endeavors. Our regards to the family to the family too. Thank you. All right. Um, let's put our hands together for Minister Peter as he comes to um, take us in the concluding part. Okay, we'll take Pastor Yinka then. Okay. Thank you very much, audience. Can you please clap for yourselves? You were questionless, but that's fine. I understand. God bless you.
8: Can you give it up for our panelists and, uh, our host, (laughs) our moderator. Thank you very much. Can you clap for our moderator? Let's rise up on our feet to close the fellowship this morning.